Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. This is a special treat for me. Um, before the service began this morning, we were gathered together to pray, and Pastor Steve asked what my official title is with crew, which is always kind of a funny question, and it's changed a couple times, and I wasn't quite what, uh, sure what to say, but I, I was sitting here thinking, I think my official title is uh, Thanker-in-Chief, is what I am. Um, I'm Thanker-in-Chief, and uh, on behalf of our, the crew students, the crew band, our crew staff who are here this morning, uh, this is a special opportunity for me to say thank you. And so as the thanker-in-chief, I want to say thank you for really a number of things. Um, one, I feel like this is an incredible privilege to get to share with you uh, both the talents of our students and our band, but to get to share with you what God is doing on campus uh, here at Ohio University and around Southeast Ohio. And I love getting to share what God is doing, but I also love getting to say thank you. And there's probably no other church that we owe as big a thank you to as this one. Some of you have heard me share this before, but this church has been such an important and special part of what God is doing through the ministry of crew in Southeast Ohio and has been for a very long time. All the way back in 1973, it was, it was a, a, a member here by the name of Bert Davo. I wasn't alive yet, and so I, <laughs> some of you will remember him for sure, but I did not have the chance to meet him. He's gone home to be with the Lord, but, but Bert and his wife Lois hosted one of our very first Bible studies in their home. Bert was our faculty advisor. He gathered, to group, uh, gathered together a group of students, and they launched the ministry of crew at Ohio University in 1973. And for those of you math majors in the room who are already trying to figure out what makes this such a special morning, this is the 50th anniversary of crew in Southeast Ohio, which is significant in and of itself. Very exciting. Um, but it also means it's the 50th anniversary of our partnership together. It's the, the 50th anniversary of crew and Christ Community Wesleyan doing all that we can to ask Jesus to enter into and change the lives of college students. And it's been an incredible history. It's been an incredible 50 years. I only, I'm only familiar with about half of it. And so I wish I could tell you more about it. Um, but this marks our 50th anniversary. And this partnership is so significant to us. Uh, you, uh, so many of you help and bring food after our weekly meeting on Thursday nights, uh, about once a month. Students are so excited. They worship together. They hear testimonies. They hear the word of God taught. And then they, they feast on you. <laughs> you. You provide food for them. And we're so grateful for that. Um, it, 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 we know that so many of you, pray for the ministry of crew. So many of you provide food for our retreats and our events. Uh, so many of you attend our fellowship dinner each year and pray for and fund our ministry financially. Some of you financially support our staff who are entirely, who are entirely dependent upon the donations and support of individuals like you and churches like this one. And so as thinker-in-chief... <laughs> I want to say thank you on behalf of our students, on behalf of our staff, on behalf of the, the 50 years of people who have come before me, who have served the Lord in partnership with Christ Community Wesleyan. So thank you so much. A little bit about me. My name is Chad Helmer. I don't know what my title is, but, but I have the privilege of leading our ministry here in Southeast Ohio uh, on the campus of Ohio University, but also uh, surrounding campuses. And uh, it was in 1997 that... I met Jesus Christ. 
and he changed my life. My parents uh, were not believers at the time. They are still not believers. And sometimes I joke, they're still trying to figure out what happened to me. Because my life transformed radically when Jesus came into my life. And it wasn't long after that that I went off to Ohio University, got involved in the ministry of crew as a student, and felt God's call on my life to go into full-time ministry. I still remember where I was sitting praying when I realized that if I were to come to the end of my life and look back on it, I was trying to think, what could I do that would have less regret and that would be more satisfying for me than spending the best years of my life and the best hours of my week telling people about who Jesus is and what he's done for them? And so Christ called me into ministry. My wife, Christy, and I, we met as Bobcats at Ohio University. We had some of you as professors, and we're still scared of you. Um, and, uh, but we, we, we went into full-time ministry with crew after that. And a little bit about crew, our short 50 years here, uh, we, our mission has remained unchanged for 50 years here. And since 1951, across the country and across the world, our mission has remained unchanged that we are committed to turning law students and faculty into lifelong, Christ-centered, multiplying disciples. Insofar as, it's, insofar as it's within our power, we want to see law students and faculty turned into lifelong, Christ-centered multiplying disciples. That's what we're all about doing, and we're doing that here in OU Athens, but also OU's branch campus in Lancaster, in Zanesville, at Hawking College just down the road, and even Marietta College about 45 minutes away. We've got some Marietta students here with us this morning too, which is really fun. So um, we also have ministries to ROTC cadets, fraternities and sororities, university faculty, and more. And every year we're asking, who can we reach on the campus that hasn't had an opportunity to hear about Jesus yet? Because really, we want to give every student on campus every year three to five opportunities to hear about the gospel and place their faith in Christ. Excuse me. We serve, we've served historically international partnerships in France, in Slovenia, in South Asia, and now most recently in the country of Slovakia, where we're taking a group of students this summer, trusting God to reach the college students on all of those campuses around the world. And so what I want to do this morning, friends, is tell you that something very special is happening on the college campus. And I'm being completely honest with you, something that I haven't seen happen in my 22 years since I showed up here in 2001. Something not to this extent have I seen that in these 22 years, God is doing something special. And my hope this morning is to give you a small snapshot of what's going on. And so the way I want to do that is the only way I know how. I want to invite you to open up your Bibles for just a moment. And we're going to look at the Gospel of John chapter 4. I'm not going to have it up on the screen for you. I'm going to make you look down like this. I want to see the tops of your heads. Um, as you look at either your Bible or maybe you brought a, a mobile device that you've got the Bible on. If not, you can just listen along. This is the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. And I'll tell you, it's an incredibly rich and textured story. There are layers of cultural and historical and theological nuance going on in, in, in the text. And the reality is, if we wanted to, we could spend several weeks uh, looking at this particular passage. But we're not going to do that. Uh, I've decided more briefly, we're going to spend the next couple of hours looking... No, I'm, I'm just... Okay. All right. I'm just making sure you're awake. I'm just making sure. Um, just briefly, rather than zoom in actually into all of those details, what I want to do is zoom way out and take a brief summary look at these 45 verses. And here's why. We're not even going to read them, but I want to zoom out. And the reason why is because I think that in doing so, you'll also get a snapshot of the way that Christ is transforming students' lives on campus, okay? 
So, um, so you, can, you can look there. You can kind of skim along as I read um, really quickly the first 26 verses. Okay, we're not going to be here for two hours. We're going to do this really quickly. Jesus and his disciples, they're passing through Samaria. And what they do is they stop at Jacob's well for rest. And they, drink of, and they, and they want to drink of water. And as they're there, what happens is they run into a Samaritan woman. We don't know her name, but she's come to the well to draw water. In the middle of the day, it's, the text tells us that it's noon, it's hot, and she's coming out a pretty unconventional time of the day. And we see why in the text later. Um, she's kind of hiding. She's living a life of shame and guilt. But Jesus engages this woman in a protracted and, for her, fairly confusing conversation. It's kind of interesting to follow along the dialogue. But he declares to this woman that he himself, Jesus, is the source of living water. She's come to the well for water, but he says he is living water and that to drink from him means to drink living water that wells up to eternal life. You see in verse 15. And then it continues from there in verse 16. The conversation continues and Jesus reveals that he knows ostensibly through some supernatural means, he knows that this woman is living a life of sin and shame. And the two continue in conversation. They continue chatting about worship and the nature of true worship. But the climax of the story occurs in verse 25. It happens in verse 25. So if you look there, what happens is the woman, they're having this confusing conversation. And, uh, and the woman finally kind of appeals to the coming Messiah. She says, look, uh, sum, summing up, she says, look, like one, this Messiah is going to come. He's going to clear this up for us one day. And Jesus looks her square in the eyes and he says, I who speak to you am he. And if there's such a thing as an ancient mic drop moment, <laughs> Jesus drops the mic. Nothing more needs to be said at this point. Um, he said all that needs to be said. And at this point, the woman has seen and experienced the greatness of Jesus Christ. And she can't help but respond. She can't help but respond. So pick up with me at verse 27. Now I'll actually read the text. Look at verse 27. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, get this, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Get this. The very reason that she came out to the well. She's now experienced the greatness of Jesus. And the very reason she, she's come out to the well, she drops her water bucket and runs back into town to tell people about the greatness and the glory and the power of Jesus. She says, you must see this man. You've got to encounter him. So she drops the bucket and runs. And she leaves without well water, but she leaves with the living water that Jesus promised to her. She's encountered him, and that's enough. And this, friends, is exactly, exactly what's playing out on campus. It's exactly what we're seeing happen every day and every week over and over and over again. Here's what's happening. Students are hearing about the greatness and the glory and the grace of Jesus, and their lives are being transformed, and they're literally racing to tell their friends about him. I guess not literally, not literally, but they're racing to tell their friends about him. Students are dropping the bucket and reevaluating their purposes and plans because they've met Jesus. Rethinking their whole futures. Students are living transformed lives, telling their friends about Jesus. And there is, like I haven't seen in my 22 years, a buzz on campus about a community of Christians 
who are following after Jesus. People are talking, and it's pretty awesome. I've told, I've told many of our student leaders this. I feel like I'm living in the last year and a half in a special golden age of doing ministry at Ohio University. Now, some of you have kids, and you know that you're not allowed to have favorites with your kids. We only have one. I'm allowed to have a favorite. But you're not allowed to have favorites with your kids. And I'm not allowed to have, not allowed to have favorites with student leaders either. But the group of student leaders that we have are incredible, are just incredible. They're telling people about Jesus. They're inviting others into Christian community. They're pursuing holiness and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ as much as they're able in a tempting and very dark place. And they're living as salt and light in this very, very dark culture on the college campus. I'm living in a golden age of ministry because our staff team is such an amazing group of people. Again, you're not allowed to have favorites. But they've had their lives transformed by Jesus. They've said no to numerous other opportunities and things so that they could follow Jesus wholeheartedly and spend the best days of their week and the best hours of their week telling people about Jesus. They're using all their gifts and talents to make him known and I'm challenged by their faith and their perseverance. Stepping out in faith day after day after day. There are people who have dropped the bucket and are sprinting with no small amount of sweat to get the gospel to every nook and cranny of campus. And do you know what's happening on campus? Here's the fun part. Here's the fun part. Look at verses 39 through 42. Look back down at your Bibles. I'm going to read it again. Many of the Samaritans from that town that the woman ran to, right? Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, that he told me everything I ever did, she said. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. Now get this, verse 41. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. They get it. They've gone to Jesus and they've experienced living water. And I'll tell you, every week, there are students on campus at Ohio University, students who are atheists, students who are agnostic, students who have lots of reasons for disliking and even hating the church and Christianity, who are walking in the doors of things that our student leaders are putting on, and they're having a firsthand encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just because we've told them. It's because they've experienced it themselves. It's awesome. Friends, that's exactly what's happening on campus. Students are dropping the bucket. They're making Jesus known. And people are coming to know him and place their faith in him. And so what I want to do this morning, um, just briefly, this is a little unconventional, but um, I want you to hear some of the stories of what God is doing on campus. These are just normal, everyday stories, the kind that our staff and student leaders experience every week. And I want you to hear it directly from our staff. So I'm going to invite them up here in just a minute to share with you. And I'm doing this for two reasons. Um, one is I want you to know who they are. I want you to know their faces because on any given Sunday, you're probably sitting down close to them. And here's what you should do. You should walk over and sit down and say, hey, tell me what's God doing on campus this week? And they will have stories like the ones they're going to share to tell you about. The truth is, maybe I'm not supposed to share this, but there was a little bit of a spat that broke out between our staff trying to figure out which stories are we going to share because there's so many good ones. And so it wasn't a bad spat, but I mean, we had to figure it out because God is doing so much on campus. 
The, sec- the second reason is because these are their stories. Uh, this is their firsthand experience. They're the ones sitting down across from these students um, that they're telling stories about. And I don't want to tell their stories for them. Sharing what God is doing on campus is one of the most fun and exciting parts about what we get to do. And so I'm not going to steal that from them. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to introduce them. I have pictures of each of them. And I want you to know who they are, right? So use that photographic memory of yours. Lock that in. And then I'm going to invite them to join me up here on the stage. And before I, before I introduce them, the one last thing I'll say is that everything we do on campus, everything we do, we talk about doing one of three things. We are winning students to Christ. That's telling them about Jesus, inviting them to know him. We're building them up in their faith, development, conferences, retreats, discipleship, getting Bible studies, getting in the word together. And then we're sending them out to go and tell others. Everything we do is winning, building, and sending. And so they're going to share some win, build, and send stories with you. Uh, But let me me, uh, show you a few photos. Um, The first one is of my wife, Christy, and and I and my daughter, our daughter, Lydia, uh, who's just a delight. Um, So that's the Helmer family. Next photo for me. Jeffrey and Carly Barney. You've already met Jeffrey and his wife, Carly. Clay and Emily Selway. And then their two sons, Elliot and Judah. Jake and Gabrielle Newton. And if you squint, there's a third in that photo, which is what we're really excited about. So um, Joe Godinez. Uh, Joe's here with us this morning. Woo! <laughs> Clearly the most popular among us. Uh, Amber Myers, uh, who's here with us this morning, and also Brandon Hardman. And so I want to invite our staff to come on up, and I'm just going to let them share some stories about what God's doing on campus. So go ahead and join me. Don't be shy. No, I'll step down here. (laughs) Winning students to Christ, quite simply, is at the core of who we are and what we do. I had the privilege a few weeks ago of meeting with a student named Ricky. He had grown up in a Christian background until he was about 10 or 11 years old, regularly going to church, but hadn't really been to church much since then. So by the time he got to OU as a freshman, he didn't really have much spiritual anchor or anchor in Christ, and he pretty quickly fell into a typical OU party lifestyle. But he filled out our New Year's questionnaire and said he wanted more information, and so I got the opportunity to sit down and meet with him and inevitably share the gospel with him uh, using what we call a Knowing God Personally booklet. And we got to this point of decision. There's a diagram that explains uh, someone without Christ and someone with Christ. And I compared it to being like someone who's in the driver's seat of their car Uh, but they're intoxicated. They're not in a state where they should be driving. And I said, if someone were to knock on the door and offer to take you home safely, you've either ultimately let them in the driver's seat of your car, or you haven't. You've either trusted Christ to forgive you of your sin and to run your life, or you haven't. At the end of our conversation, uh, Ricky said, uh, I knew I was supposed to be here in that moment when you said that because I had a DUI a couple months ago. And Ricky left that conversation uh, trusting Jesus. And we've begun meeting up to uh, go through the scriptures together uh, to learn what it means to follow Jesus and and to give his life to him. And builds the step in the process where students are built up in their faith so that way they can walk with Christ for a lifetime. And when I think of a student who has taken big steps of faith to build and grow in her relationship with Jesus, a student came to mind immediately. 
This student is currently a freshman at Ohio University and is actually currently sitting in the audience with us. Shout out to Riley. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, give it up for Riley. Uh, and Riley actually made the life-changing decision this fall to accept Christ. And so she placed her faith in Christ uh, this fall, and her life has reflected that decision ever since. After accepting Christ this fall, I actually had the chance to invite her to fall retreat. And fall retreat is our biggest event in the fall where students have the chance to not only connect with one another, but also to connect with the Lord. And so upon returning from fall retreat, Riley was all excited and asked me, where should I go in my Bible to read first? And having never read the Gospels, I suggested Matthew just to learn more about Jesus. And Riley had the amazing opportunity and idea to invite other students into this Matthew study with us. And so this idea multiplied and became not only one, but two weekly Matthew studies that collectively have 27 women that meet to read through Matthew together. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And what's really, really cool about these studies is for almost all of the women in these studies, this is the first time that they've ever read through the book of Matthew. And in a few short weeks, we'll be able to say they finished a whole book of the Bible together. And Riley's also taken the big decision to actually go to Slovakia with us this summer. So this summer, she's going to go with some staff and some students to our partnership location to share the gospel with a spiritually dead culture. Praise God for what's happening in Riley's life. So SEND is about taking students who come to know Christ, equipping them in their faith, and then sending them out into the world to make Christ known. One of those students, Drew, is in the audience, I came to know Christ back in, audit, uh, back in August, and has since been so eager to grow and learn more about God. So of course he jumped at the opportunity to go to a Cruise Annual Winter Conference in Indianapolis. There, among over a thousand other students, he learned more about what it means to surrender his life and live for God and what it, what it looks like to share his faith and why he should do that. Um, leaving that conference with what he learned and being encouraged by the amazing Christian uh, community that he saw there, he went home with a new fire inside of him. And once he got home, he decided he wanted to replicate what he saw, so he invited as many uh, young adults as he could to go to church with him the following Sunday. 100 text messages later, he got 17 people to go with him to church and filled almost three rows. Um, yeah, he faced a lot of fear doing that, reaching out to people who may not know God, but said it was all worth it. Thanks, Kristen. Grab a seat. So, um, this, is, this is just awesome, what's happening. It's just, it's awesome. And, and Riley and Drew, thanks for letting us share your stories. We're going to make sure you get to share those at some point, too. So... Um, this, this is a great opportunity for a little commercial. In your bulletin, there's just a little commercial there, a little blurb about if you enjoy hearing stories uh, from not just staff, but also from students, um, I'd invite you to join us on Saturday, April 15th uh, at our annual fellowship dinner. It's an awesome night. It's my favorite thing that we do all year. Um, the details are there in your bulletin. Um, the event is a fundraiser, but you're under no obligation to give. You can just come and feast with us on good food and feast on stories about what God is doing on campus. It's really a night of worship where we lift up our hearts to God and say, thank you for what you're doing on campus. And so, friends, the reality is there is tremendous competition for the minds and hearts of students on campus. Tremendous competition. 
And we know that as, that as college students, how they're influenced in college will most likely affect them for the rest of their lives. They're making important decisions about who they might date or marry, about what their future career is going to be, about their values and what they want to be true after they walk across that stage to graduate. But the good news is that in the face of those competing forces, God is drawing students into a relationship with himself. Students are getting to drink living water from Jesus Christ. They they are experiencing the life-changing message of the gospel. They're dropping the bucket and they're being sent out to go and tell other people about Christ. This year alone, we had over 1,500 students who just asked us, uh, literally filled out a form and asked us, hey, would you come tell me about either how I can have a relationship with God or about how I can get involved in a small group Bible study? 1,500 of them. This fall, we had 378 different students show up to our small group Bible studies on campus. The pandemic, in reality, that, it, it wiped us out in a lot of ways. Uh, many of you will know that in the fall of 2020 into 2021, the university did not bring very many students back to campus. Our, our ministry uh, pivoted to being digital. But now, at our weekly gathering on Thursday nights, we have more students showing up than we did even before the pandemic. Every week at that meeting, students stand up and they share how God is changing their lives. They share a 180 story about how they were walking in sin or shame or guilt or darkness and how Jesus has turned their lives 180 degrees around and now they're walking with him. I'll tell you a couple more stories really quick. These are stories some of you may have heard me share before, but these are some students that stick out to me. One's a student named Zach. And uh, I met Zach on the very first day of class. I sat down with him in his, uh, in his residence hall, in his dorm, Sergeant Hall over on West Green. Zach had filled out one of our questionnaires and, uh, and I was sharing the gospel with him. And Zach was looking really pensive. He wasn't, he wasn't giving me much. He seemed kind of reluctant. And, but I shared the gospel with him and I walked away and I thought, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what just happened, but Lord, use this. And, uh, and then later that week, I, I ran to Zach on Friday and he said, Chad, I wanted you to know that I placed my faith in Jesus. Well, so Zach immediately got involved in our ministry, started growing like a weed, took advantage of every opportunity we gave him to grow, went on a summer mission with me uh, to Traverse City, Michigan for a summer, uh, went through a lot of our leadership training and began leading a Bible study. Continued to have influence, began discipling younger men on campus. And uh, Zach's junior year, he, was, he, had, he had to figure out what he was doing for housing his senior year. And he said, Chad, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to move back into the dorms. Not a very popular decision. And I'm going to request that the university place a freshman in the dorm with me. Because I want to share the gospel with a freshman this year. I want to get to live life with somebody. And that's exactly what happened. And Zach's roommate, Blake, placed his faith in Christ, got involved in his Bible study, and Zach had an amazing year. But also, he met his wife, Caitlin, through the ministry of crew. They were both involved as student leaders, got married, and when they graduated, Zach had been won, been built, and now he's being sent. He, he and his wife, Caitlin, moved into a Somalian refugee community in Columbus just so they could have a light for Christ. They wanted to be salt and light among that Islamic population there in Columbus. One other story I love to share, Aaron. Aaron was a student uh, who my wife met. Uh, actually, I think probably the same day, the exact same day that I met Zach. Um, but met her. Uh, she had filled out one of our questionnaires, asked for more information. And, uh, and she had come from a really, really difficult home life. Um, one of the worst that we'd ever heard. She'd, she'd pretty much sent, spent her junior and senior year of high school couch surfing from one friend's house to the next. And my, way, my wife was able to sit down with her, share the gospel with her. She placed her faith in Christ. And she just has one of those bubbly person, the kind of person I want to be. Um, she has one of those bubbly personalities. Everybody wants to be around her. And, 
And she just begins saw, seeing girls come out to Bible study with her. Begin, uh, she, she began sharing the gospel with students, and they began placing their faith in Christ. When Erin graduated, she got to see her mom, who had been in jail when she was in high school. So I got to see her mom place her faith in Christ, see her dad place his faith in Christ, and then see her younger sister, who was an OU student, also place her faith in Christ. And when Erin when graduated, she, she was an education major, went into teaching, and had, his, had an incredible ministry to those elementary school kids that she prays for every morning before they come into class. Winning, building, and sending. Friends, what I want you to know this morning is that God is changing the lives of college students across Southeast Ohio and around the world. And by his grace, he's been doing that through our little ministry for 50 years. God's bringing students into a relationship with himself. They're being developed and built up in their faith. And then they're being sent from college. They're being sent out with more than a degree. They're dropping the bucket. They're walking across that stage with more than a degree. They're going out with the passion and the ability to take the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And it is an awesome thing to watch year after year after year. And in the 22 years that I've been connected to this little ministry, we've had over 30 students graduate and go on to theological education and pastoral ministry who are serving in the pastorate or in, or in, theolo in theology and academia some way. We've had over 60 who have joined the ministry of crew as missionaries full-time. And a lot of them are still serving here in Southeast Ohio, but most of them are spread out around the country and around the world reaching students with the gospel. We've had over 125 that have graduated and gone to the mission field for one year or more. And we, we realize we can't even keep track of how many students have placed their faith in Christ. But we've, we've, we've kept, the, the, you know, so far as we can keep track, uh, over 1,300 students that have decided that they want to turn from death to life to drink from living water and become followers of Jesus Christ. And he's transforming their lives. And so it's an incredible thing to watch. The biggest secret, I think it's the best kept secret on campus, honestly. I think it's the best kept secret that, you know, Ohio University is known for lots of things. It's got an incredible journalism program. It's got a great college of business. It's got a great engineering school. It's got a lot of other great departments. Um, it has an incredible missionary training department that the university does not know very much about. <laughs> It is one of the best kept secrets that we're running a missionary factory right on the front lawn of the university. And year after year after year, godly men and women are graduating passionate about dropping the bucket and taking the gospel to people who desperately, desperately need to know him. I never get tired of telling people to their surprise that from the university campus, there is a great missionary force of college students that are being raised up and sent out to reach the world for Christ. And I want you to know that this is due, I think, in large part on account of the prayers and the financial support and the investment and the sweat of this congregation. God's been doing this, us together, for 50 years. And so I want to wrap up our time this morning in prayer and I want to ask you to pray. I'll tell you, last week I was gathered in Dallas, Texas with, with team leaders, other, other campus directors like me and crew from all around the country. And I'll tell you, there is a growing consensus that God is doing something very special right now. Here's what's happening. Maybe you've seen it in the news. College students are starting to pray. 
not just pray, but to pray fervently and ask God to do something new in our country and in our world. And I will tell you that history tells us that when college students begin to pray fervently, something happens. And we are convinced collectively that there is something afoot that we want to ask the Lord to do. I don't know what it is, but I want to ask the Lord to be in it and I want to ask him to do something new in our country and in our world. And I want him to do it through college students, the future leaders and influencers of our world. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.